Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode six of the Monday Night Review. Today I'm joined by one of my oldest friends and favorite people to share stories with, Frank Turner. We recorded this back in January. It's taken me this long to get around to editing it. Um, and I hope you really enjoy it. It reminded me of hanging out on the beach in Cornwall when we were little and he would always have weird historical stories that really fascinated me. So here we are. I hope you enjoy it. Today's guest is uh, most famously known as a singer-songwriter, but is someone who's been annoying me for about 30 years with weird and often interesting stories and was the first person I thought of when I thought of doing this podcast because he knows a lot about stuff. It's Frank Turner. I very Hello. you, Francis. Well, you can call me. You are one of the few people who's allowed to call me Francis, given that it has been just shy of 30 years. I'm not quite that old yet. Thank you very much. I know, not um, am I, but a child. But it's been, it's, we've known each other a while, it is true. Um, and, what a joy, and what a joy that's been. <laughs> it's been a pleasure for both of us. Um, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so you were originally the first person that sprung to mind because I thought I just want uh, people I know or pe- people I don't know to tell me the weird stuff that they think I'll be interested in. And basically, since we met, you've been telling me weird stuff that you think I'll be interested in. And so, have you been interested in any of it? I have been interested in a lot of it, which I think is possibly why our relationship has lasted so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a relief. Uh, but yes, I mean, I do. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a history nerd and a, and a fact fan. And uh, when you asked me to do this, I went through lots of different options of things I could talk about. I seem to think that your, um, uh, your brief says that you included the word spooky. I like spooky because I like spooky. I kind of okay. imagined, and you very sensibly, before we press record, got your lighting just spooky enough. I have got spooky lighting in here. And then, well, this thing, I went through a number of things that we could talk about, and some of them weren't really spooky. I was going to talk about the Kachin massacre in Poland in 1939, 1940. Which I don't know anything about. Um, yeah, it's not really spooky. It's just grindingly awful. Um, and it's a really <laughs> we'll horrific... save that for a later episode. Yes, for a later episode. I was going to talk about the black metal scene in Norway, which is quite spooky, and I have a book about it, literally. It's also uh, quite grindingly awful, isn't it? It was quite grinding. Well, this is the thing. The problem with that is that they were just awful, awful... Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes, God, yeah. yeah. Awful twats. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they made some very interesting music, um, and the one thing that I suppose one could say for them is that they... They walked the walk. They didn't just sing songs about Satan. They were actual Satanists. They but were. They were it's just, they were, it was very unpleasant. Um, so I tried to find something that was a bit more kind of traditionally spooky um, and then s- reminded myself of the fact that um, I'm going to be a salesman for 10 seconds. Do, here, do, do it. Go. 
Um, last year, no, year before last, I put out an album called No Man's Land, which is a history record, which was each song was about a different historical figure who'd been largely overlooked by popular culture. That was the brief where I started writing. Um, over time, it transpired that all of the stories I was interested in were about female historical figures. So it's a record about um, overlooked historical female figures. Uh, but they're all people, and I wrote songs about each of them, and I made a podcast to go with it. Um, but I wanted to tell you about one of those characters. Uh, if that's okay. That's there was a woman. By the, well, there we go. It's a woman by the name of Ginny Bingham, who is a real historical figure. Um, and uh, her life is linked to a place where you and I have got drunk together. <laughs> More than once. More than once, yes. Um, I have so, to say uh, that it, when you sent me a message saying who you're going to do today, and I was resisting Googling it, I had spent the entire day thinking, you know, I would do just, I would do... I'd, I'd do quite a lot of awful things if I could just have one night off in Camden in the like late 90s. If we could just go and do that you know, again. I'd I feel I've a been lot better of, about the whole current situation. Yeah, I sort of feel a bit like, it's, if this goes on much longer, what's that? there's that movie series where like you're allowed to break all the laws for one day or something. What's that? Um, no, I don't know. Oh, it's, I can't remember what it's called. I haven't actually seen them, but the principle is there's one day of the year when all laws are off. Basically. Oh, okay, that sounds And great. I feel like they could do that with coronavirus restrictions. They, I mean, they sort of did it with Christmas. They have one day where we're allowed to go and get shit-faced in Camden, and yeah. then we'll all get sick. And, and then we'll all get sick, and it'll be right. We could go this back is a rubbish idea, people. as I talk this through. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yes, a woman by the name of Ginny Bingham. Would you like me to tell you about Ginny Bingham? I would like you to tell me about Ginny Bingham. Also known as, also known as, um, well, many things. Um, uh, old, old Mother Red Cap, she was known as. Um, uh, she was known as uh, the Shrew of Kentish Town, was one of her monikers. I, think, um, I mean, on the, her behalf, I take offence at that. Well, this is the thing. There's actually a lot of interesting history in there. Interesting. I'm going to make it interesting, I promise. Um, because a lot of it has to do with um, uh, assigned gender roles in that period of history, and in particular to do with the regard for elder women um, in that period of history. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, Judy Bingham um, was uh, born in the roughly sort of 1620s or so in Kentish Town in North London, an Ooh. area that you and I know well. Um, and she was married young... Um, um, I'll talk about how we know all of this in a little bit. She okay. was married young. Her first husband was called Gypsy George, um, uh, and he was from Holloway, uh, so a mile away or so, and um, he was a sheep thief. Um, this is a period of time in Holloway was kind of rural land, and he was arrested for being a sheep thief, and he was hung at Tyburn, um, and therefore she was quite early on, she was a young widow. Um, and she moved to Camden Town and started a coaching house. That was at, at the time, again, Camden wasn't really that much of a place. It was a crossroads that lay on the route, the cattle driving route that came from the Midlands to Smithfield Market yeah. via such places as the Highgate, for example, where they went over the hill um, and down the Holloway Road and then into Camden. You know the bit where Camden Tube Station is? Yeah. That's a, it's, a, it's a pathway. Uh, yeah. A meeting of pathways, so it's a pretty smart place to have a coaching house. So, and she, she just up, said, so uh, that's quite isn't that quite a big thing for a woman to do at that time? It, it is. I mean, I'm not sure whether she set it up from scratch or whether she took ownership of the place that was already there. Um, but she became the landlady there, and she remarried, and she married a man whose name was Pitcher P I T C H E R, um, who 
Well, this is the thing. This story kind of there's there's the myth and there's the fact part of it because it has been sort of ghost storified over the years, as it were. Um, but she uh, she married Pitcher and then Pitcher died not long afterwards. And the the sort of the myth is that she poisoned him because he beat her. Um, now. The th- things to bear in mind is that as well as being a landlady, she was also an apothecary, as in essentially a doctor or the closest thing to a doctor that, that people from the lower classes would have had at that period of time. And of course, in a pre-scientific age, somebody who's involved in kind of cooking up chemicals, ingredients, whatever, mm-hmm. um, herbs, uh, and giving them to people that affect them, that's viewed with some suspicion by some people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's witchery. Whether or not Ginny Bingham actually killed Pitcher is is unclear. Um, uh, but they were all viewed um, with suspicion. Yes, they were all viewed with suspicion. So she had that one. Um, she then she the, the important part of the story now is that she's she's getting older, and um, there it's that sort of early modern society was quite unclear as to what social role elder women were supposed to play. When you say older, uh, difficult to say because we don't know when she was born, but. Old by the standards of the time. Yeah, exactly. So are um, we thinking 40s? Probably 40s, okay. yes, at a guess. Um, she had another husband um, who then was found dead in the coaching house in the oven where he Ooh. burned to death. Um, now, the, this this part, I actually, I mean, I'm not sure that you should, but I find it quite funny because she got arrested for murder. Yeah. Um, now, there is a sort of general understanding that part of the reason that she got arrested was because quite a lot of the more respectable locals, because Camden at this point, is sort of, it, it's becoming part of the city slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the kind of people who run coaching houses, you've got to bear in mind, the kind of people who would stop at this coaching house would generally speaking be itinerants, travellers, probably outlaws, you know, socially um, outsiders, let's yeah. say. Okay. So she's not hugely popular with the local great and the good. Um, so she she gets arrested and there's a real sense that there was a kind of like, finally, we've got a kind of vibe. Um, she got acquitted um, of the murder charge uh, because uh, in the most hilarious way, she said, or, or somebody said in her defence, it's not entirely clear, that... Um, what had happened was she had a famous temper yeah. and her husband was scared of her rages uh, and went and hid in the oven from one of her towering rages <laughs> without somehow realising that this was an oven. And then when and the oven on. got... Uh, well, I think it then got turned on or, you know, fired up for the morning bread or whatever it might be. And that's how he died. And the thing was, it sounds ter- terribly unlikely, but... It, this was a testified by a number of local witnesses. So she clearly had some sort of allies uh, in the area. And, also, um, I mean, I have a fearsome rage. So, I mean, if Joe could... You do, and I, oven, I, can, so... I, could, I could imagine hiding from you in an oven. Um, <laughs> well, maybe not an oven, but in a small, dark, secure anywhere. place. <laughs> yeah, fair Any, enough. Anywhere will so do. I'm wondering but if yeah, so, Joe will end up hiding in an oven. I mean, oven. I would just... Run him through the yeses and the noes. <laughs> Covered under the seem... stairs, yes. Yeah, it seems oven, a silly oven no. Yeah. Anyway, anyway she, she was acquitted uh, for this, um, and so and the time passes. Um, you know, her, her her coaching house. It became known as the old mother. Well, 
possibly not in her lifetime. It was known as the Old Mother Red Cap, but it, it was that was the place he was running. It, it was it became a very well known place. Um, it didn't have a particularly good reputation, uh, as I say. It was a place where a lot because you're talking about a, a, an area of the world that would have been full of kind of high women and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, so people up to no good. Kind of, Exactly. So, um, uh, and she, uh, the last of her, I think, I think there were four husbands in total, including Gypsy George, who all She's met various sticky ends. One's, one's poisoned. I think one disappeared, one's one hanged. burned in the oven, and then one, one was hanged at, at Tyburn. Um, but, uh, and time passes and she gets older and older and older. And, and there are stories of her essentially being, um, a kind of insular figure, kind of a figure of fun for the local kids. This is where we get into the whole thing about witchcraft, because obviously we're talking about a century where a lot of people believed in witchcraft, and that goes into the whole thing about people not really um, understanding and what a social role for a spinster yeah. essentially would be, or, or, or a widow, whatever it might be. She, you know, she ran her own business, it was very unusual at the time. It was a business that wasn't considered reputable. She wasn't under the aegis of a male figure, and she was old and cantankerous and used to kind of shake her fist at people. And so had a habit of losing time, husbands. Yeah, and had a habit of losing husbands. So over time, the word witch gets attached to her. So she gets called a witch. Um, so, uh, and, and there were stories about the local kids used to follow around throwing stones at her. And she had a black cat that everybody said was her familiar um, and this kind of thing. So the last part of the actual story uh is that um she was uh on the day she died um and several local people attested that the morning of the day that she died they saw the devil go into her house it's not explained how they identified the devil as being the devil whether he was a big red dude with a pitchfork or whether it was a suave man in a coat uh with a pointy beard or what (laughs) but essentially after the fact, obviously, people said they'd seen the devil go in there, and, and the, the the mythology would be that he'd gone to reclaim her soul, her having made a deal and written in his book would have been the way it would have been. Um, yeah. Anyway, they, she died. Um, they uh, they ended up having to break down the door to her house because um, she, you know, they didn't know she died. She just disappeared, and there was a, presumably a smell yeah. uh, of some kind of whatever. And they went in, and there was apparently there was a cauldron boiling on an open fire when they got in there still where she lay dead next to it, dead for several days yeah. um and uh the next part is that, so they apparently they had to break the chair that her body was in to get her body out yeah. to take it out of the burial but also they were suspicious of what might be boiling in the cauldron of a suspected witch and the legend has it that the cat came in and they fed the cat a bowl of whatever was in the cauldron and all the cat's hair fell out immediately and then it died uh and this was considered further proof that she she had been a witch i mean that seems a bit harsh on the cat (laughs) it does um but i mean who else are you going to try it on if the cat if you believe the cat to be a familiar you're not going to give it to a local kid uh but it's not the cat's fault if the cat is a familiar, you could make an argument that it was the cat's fault. I hope Booty Cat's not listening to this. My cat, I'm not a witch and neither is my wife. Thank you very much. Um, uh, also, my my cat is the most suspicious eater. She wouldn't. She, it's just not a chance. Um, but anyway, so so Ginny Bingham dies. Now, the next part, there are a couple more bits of the story. Does she, die, she the, dies of old age? Of rotting flesh. I, I, I think sinister. so. I think I think she dies of old age. I think she was quite old by the same okay. time. By the time she died. So, um, but 
everyone decided she was a witch. The the next about fifty years later or so, the coaching house is in the hands of new owners. Obviously, um, it's still a going concern, and they're the ones who start really pushing the legend of Old Mother Redcap um, uh, because it's kind of a business thing. Do yeah, you know what I mean? It's like for- right. It's it's the it's the house of the witch, the coaching house of the witch. You can come, and I'd imagine you could go and see the oven yeah, where someone got chair. Exactly. Uh, it's either a, a hellish cat corpse or something. Yeah. So it becomes part of the local law of Camden. And the coaching house, because it is to this day quite a good place to run uh, a pub or, or an establishment, should we say, yeah. um, it's these days opposite. Uh, the Well, it's not the same building, but on the exact same spot now is the pub The World's End. Um, and it? It, and the, Yeah, The World's End is the old Mother Red Cat. Oh, and in that. fact... The World's End was still called the Old Mother Redcap until the mid-1980s. So whilst the yeah, building has say, been rebuilt here and there... That rang a bell. Yeah, So and there was the Old Mother Black Cap as well. So there were two in Camden quite near each other, which was... they, they Camden had a rival witch story at the Old Mother Black Cap about which less is known. That was just... Um, on the top of the high street going down towards uh, Mornington Crescent. Yeah. But the Old Mother Red Cap was, was a bigger deal. Um, and uh, But yeah, it only changed its name in the 1980s. Obviously, the building's been rebuilt. There's a debate about whether or not any of the building that is currently there it's is a good part spot. of what was there. It is a good spot. You know, when you go into the World's End, there's a yeah. little kind of drinking den down at the back where you go, kind of go down a few stairs. Yeah. Um, if if any of the building is still related to what was there in her time, it would be that bit. But okay. we don't know. Okay. <laughs> but um, And then, of course, underneath the world's end is the underworld, um, which uh, is uh, a classic punk rock venue that you and I both know well. Um, and that also is part of the same building complex. So whether or not any of that is linked is unknown. There are a series of ghost stories um over the years that none of them are particularly consistent or well established but the one thing that is that is interesting about that is the the reason that we know almost everything we know about Ginny Bingham is because of Bram Stoker the man who wrote Dracula yeah who was from Camden and was himself an an amateur antiquarian was he from Camden so he was from Camden and he uh he wrote Dracula later in his career and it was obviously a rip-roaring success but before then he was a struggling journalist and one of the things he did whilst being a struggling journalist was collect local um antiquarian knowledge and local history and that that kind of thing so his writings about Ginny Bingham are the main source he was reading other sources that as far as anybody knows have since been lost but uh pretty much everything we know about Ginny Bingham's life now comes from the writings of Bram Stoker that's amazing It's a good fact, right? It's a really good fact. Also, for someone who considers themselves quite well-read, I can't believe I didn't know he came from Camden. Indeed. Abraham Stoker, as his real name was. Um, Bram is a community. I didn't know that. I just assumed he was exotic. Before anybody um, like tweets at me about this, I'm not 100% (laughs) sure if he was from Camden, but he certainly lived there for most of his working life. Well, that's good enough for me. Yes, um, and then my final little fact tidbit that I'm going to try and throw into this, other than yes. the fact that I then went on to write a song about it, hooray, um, <laughs> is that um, uh, next door to the Old Mother Black Cap, which was the other witch-based pub uh, in Camden, in a building that is now, I think I'm right in saying, a Costa Coffee, uh, used to everything. be... 
Well, quite. Um, it used to be one of the great music halls of the musical era in the 19th century, and um, I'm obsessed with the history of music hall. And there is a series of very famous paintings of a music hall that was done by Walter Sickert. You've yeah. probably seen them. They're all done from the gods. They were painted in, well, they were based on sketches made. They were supposed to be of the interior of the theatre that was next to the old mother black cat. And Walter Sickert is suspected by some people to be Jack the Ripper. Yep. I'm not sure where Boom. I'm on that one. Boom. Also, so as I mentioned at the beginning, you, you and I have got drunk in that building many times. In that so, building, as, as I indeed, have no idea. Well, part of the way that part of the way that I found out about it was that actually in recent years, the the World's End have put up a plaque telling some of this story um, in the entranceway, kind of behind a grill. But it's pretty not well lit or advertised. No. Um, but I would, I was, I think, I think in truth, I think I was being stood up for a date one time and I was oh. there and looking for something to do. <laughs> time. Um, and I ended up breeze. reading this, having a good old breeze. Uh, and there um, it was. I was going to say, have you read um, John Major's book on music halls? I have. What a weird surprise that the best book on the history of music halls was written by former Tory Prime Minister John Major. I, but it's because um, his father was a music hall performer. Yeah, and I used to, I worked at the publishers when they did that book. And the meeting mm. was very weird when they said his next book is going to be on the history of music hall. I, I, am, I have a Chaz and Dave tattoo, which is related to this, because one of the many reasons I love Chaz and Dave is that they are the last surviving remnant of music hall in British culture. Will this be the next? move for frank turner some form of musical i have album. considered the merits of making a musical album because musical predates the recording era but it doesn't predate the era of sheet music obviously so yeah all of the songs still exist but not in recorded form so it would be interesting you to me um i'd have to get better at reading music can you not not really can you not Okay, I play by more, ear. More and more high pitched. But I always think. I'm a folk like, musician, darling. I, I know, but I seem to remember you tinkling the ivories when we were young, and I assumed it was from mm. music. But I have um, Matt, who plays in my band, can read music, so I'll get him to just do it all, and then I'll take the credit. That seems like a really good plan. <laughs> um, uh, he's a bloody genius music reader. Bye. Mm. My assumption. Matt can, uh, Matt, well, going back to the subject of witchcraft, Matt is somebody who can sort of think of musical ideas and then write them down in his notebook in the back of a van while we're touring the, the USA without an instrument anywhere near him and can write out arrangements that way, uh, which I regard as being a form of witchcraft. Yeah, that's not normal, um, is it? Indeed, so did everybody else in my band, and we seriously considered dunking him. Yeah, I, I would. I'm all for dunking, Matt, if you're listening. Mm. That's going to be the next sound part <laughs> two. Um, thank you. That was enlightening and spooky and wonderful. Excellent. I'm glad. Oh, and I hope that once all of this pandemic nonsense is over, you and I can go and have another drink Will we uh, at the one. Take selfies in front of the weird plaque. Do I'd imagine it? we will. I don't think we probably will. Um, it's, it seems likely. It seems likely. And then three weeks later, I'll look at my phone and have no idea what's going on. I'll have taken the photo really badly and that will be it. What, when, when, you've, when you've finally sobered up? <laughs> when I've finally sobered up, I will be no good for historical sources because <laughs> who knows what will be happening. Thank you very much for coming on and telling us. It is an absolute pleasure and it's lovely to see you, even if remotely. I know, it's very nice to see you. You look the same, never age, really, really insulting. <laughs> I have grey hair on my beard now, thank you. 
I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Thank you so much for listening. For any links to Frank's music, there's a link in the show notes. There's also a link for my Patreon, which you can go and check out for extra content. And until next time, be kind, stay safe, and always check the back seat before you drive. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.